Hello, it's me, Ash, and I wanted you all to know, before I forget to mention it, um, that I have another podcast, and it's called Lotus Reads, and it's just one word, <laughs> L-O-T-U-S-R-E-A-D-S, and so if you put a space in it, it's a different podcast, so, um, like, it, or it doesn't, it won't come up. So today, I got a library book, and it came, I want to say this came from Salem, but let me see. It came from Chemeketa Cooperative Regional Library. And it's Newburgh. It's actually Newburgh Magical Almanac. Yes. Okay. That's cool because that means it's local. So, Witchy Business, Navigating the Online Magical Marketplace, page 46 by Kate Fruler. F-R-E-U-L-E-R. Rethinking the Wheel of the Year. Yes, I would like to rethink the Wheel of the Year for my own location, please. Before I commit to memory or practice um, something that is not going to resonate with me. Um, Air Magic, Milagro Magic by Natalie Zamun. Psychic House Cleaning, page 71. I want to know if it involves actual house cleaning because I feel like that would motivate me. Like the only way I'm going to do this is to do magically. A psychic house cleaning is an excellent way to clear and cleanse the environment of any house or any other physical space. This is by James Combos. It may be used to clear away negative energies after an unpleasant event has occurred or after an unwelcome guest has left. Even if your home doesn't seem to have any bad energies hanging around, a psychic house cleaning will serve to protect you and your family. Whenever possible, it's good to perform a psychic house cleaning before it's actually needed. This will help keep hostile energies away. Your home isn't the only place that can benefit from a psychic house cleaning. A psychic cleaning could also be done where your coven meets in an office or in a business or shop. I've known of a few talking taking a few taking place in dorm rooms. A psychic house cleaning is a good way to protect and bless any business. I once performed one at a business the day after an employee was fired and it helped restore positive energy and balance to the shop. Don't forget a psychic house cleaning is also an especially good idea to perform when moving into a new house or apartment. And then this person goes into what you'll need. You need a white candle that can be held and carried easily. And then a small pillar or taper that fits securely in a candle holder. It will be perfect. You'll need a drop of olive oil to dress or anoint the candle. Um, you might want to use a wand if you have one. Or a ritual knife or to trace a holy shape such, such as a cross or pentagram in front of doors and windows anyway they're gonna go through and tell you getting ready the psychic house cleaning ritual let's begin um, and then some special considerations if you have a room where a violent crime occurred and feel afraid to enter that room, don't enter. Instead, stand at the threshold and bless the room with a holy symbol. Follow the same procedure as you did when blessing a window or fireplace. Places such as cellars or attics are sometimes filled with creepy crawly things. Instead of going into spaces such as these, try this. Visualize the space in your mind and say your words of power. This also works if you're dealing with a space you believe is haunted. A psychic house cleaning is a good way to create a safe haven for you and your family. Do it as often as you wish. Once a year is ideal, especially during the spring. Keep in mind that once negative energy has been removed from your home, it's usually gone for good. Well, that's cool.
And then I didn't read the whole thing. You know, you'll have to go in and see here. You know, she has a poem that goes with it. I'm sure you could write your own. I know that it's in a lot of traditions in a lot of um, countries that people do spring cleaning as soon as the, like, it's warm enough to open your windows and, like, air things out. I like to air things out before it gets too dusty for the day or before um, smoke, like, gets to it if we're in fire season. Um, which so far has not affected me. Um, it is what it is. So far has not affected me this year. Um, and I'm trying to take care of my trees so that they provide good shade for the earth um, and are a little bit prepared for the dryness. Anyway, this next one says, Razael, the Archangel of Magic by Sheik and S. Tabitha Cicero. When you hear the word angel, what comes to your mind? Is it an image of a chubby-cheeked cherub on a Christmas card? Or is it a symbolic reminder of religious upbringing that you have outgrown, that you've grown out of? While it is true that angels are primarily found within a monotheistic tradition such as Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, they are neither unique nor exclusive to those faiths. Angels and archangels have freely crossed cultural and religious boundaries over the centuries. In the Hellenistic world of late antiquity, pagans also invoked angels. One account tells of a Christian shrine dedicated to the archangel Michael in the Asia Minor city of Colossae, reputed to be the source of a healing spring. Pagans and Christians alike were drawn to the shrine to petition the mighty archangel for his miraculous curative power. Some ancient texts, such as the Greco-Egyptian magical papri, show, sorry, <laughs> sorry if I'm mispronouncing things, show that the polytheists were quite willing to acknowledge and incorporate the angels of Judeo-Christian as gods. Nevertheless, the Judeo-Christian tradition, especially including the non-canonical, non-canonical, it's been a while, literature, the so-called forgotten books of the Bible, is a primary canon, canonical, canonical, uh, is a primary source for much of our knowledge of angels and archangels. Angels are spiritual beings that are considered to be specific aspects of God, each with a particular purpose and jurisdiction. The word angel comes from the Greek angelos, which is itself a translation of the Hebrew word mekla, meaning messenger or mercury. <laughs> they have been described as messengers of the soul. More precisely, an angel is an intermediary intelligence between human. I'm the one that just said Mercury just now, messenger. Um, more precisely, an angel is an intermediary intelligence between the human and the one in the great chain of being. According to Adam Forrest, distinguished golden dawn magician and scholar. <laughs> Sorry. The chief significance of angels is not what they are, but rather what they do. Their essential nature is inseparable from their relationship with the divine. The transcendent God or the absolute source of it all, of all, yet they are inseparable from their chief human witnesses, mystics and magicians who encounter and communicate with them. These divine intermediaries work with the magician in two ways, as emissaries between us and the divine and as governors in the spiritual hierarchies who command lesser angels, spirits, and elementals to carry out the goal of the ritual. Angels invoked in ritual are chosen because of their attributions and correspondences. Prayers and invocations recited to angels for the accomplishment of a specific magical purpose 
are affirmations that the magicians will sorry i'm sorry i've never <laughs> i've never i'm new to reading about witchcraft okay so when they say magician it's kind of making me giggle i'm like thinking of the wizard of oz or something i'm sorry will is in is in alignment with the will of the divine an image of the angel may be created through the faculty of the imagination this image will act as a focal point for the magician's willpower and can result in the ritual's ultimate success. That's amazing. So he's basically tapping into the energy of this angel. Wow. Okay. Razael. I'm interested. Angel names often end in the suffixes L and Ya. Loria. I'm Loria. <laughs> or Laurel. I'm Laurel. <laughs> Which in Hebrew are Hebrew God names, indicating that these entities are aspects of God. They act as spiritual messengers, helpful intercessors, and intermediaries between divinity and humanity. They are our companions in the great work. Okay, so I, I'm just going to pull out and speak as myself, as Ash, as Laura Lotus Ash, um, that... To me, they are they act as spiritual messengers. I feel like this might be why people are triggered is this specific thing is that they act they are intercessors because that's what we saw in Catholicism is that the Pope would like almost like a gatekeeper. I'm not sure, but it's not a good feeling, good energy that like women can't be taught the language of translating sacred scriptures and stuff. It's just like a bad vibe. Um they are our companions in the great work. They act. They are our companions in the great work. Great work. Great and work are capitalized. Raziel, herald of the divine. Magic is the art of the possible. It is the science and art of causing change in both consciousness and circumstance to occur in conformity with will, using means not currently understood by traditional Western science. The definition takes into account the power of the human mind to affect an inner spiritual change that can effectively influence the outer physical world. One particular archangel who could be considered the primary angel of magic is Raziel, I hope I'm saying his name right, whose name means the secret of God, as well as the herald of God and one sent forth from God. Raziel is the archangel of Chokmah, C-H-O-K-M-A-H, the second Sephira. S-E-P-H-I-R-A. Like, <laughs> I'm seriously getting baby name vibes here. Like, Sephira, that's really pretty. Or emanation of divine power on the Kabbalistic tree of life. Chokma, C-H-O-K-M-A-H, means wisdom. The essence of illumination resulting from perfect knowledge and perfect understanding. Chokma is the... The, that chokma is that aspect of the divine that is complete action and movement as well as the vital energizing element of existence the wheel of the zodiac and all the star lore that accompanies it is attributed to chokma and i hope i'm saying her name their name right Raziel is the ruler of the angelic host known as o-p-h-a-n-i-m sometimes spelled a-u-p-h-a-n-i-m N-I-M, which means the wheels, derived from the word A-U-P-H, meaning to surround or encircle. As head of the group of angels, of this group of angels, Raziel is called Ophaniel, O-P-H-A-N-I-E-L. It looks like 
Daniel on one side and Ophelia on the other. Ophaniel. Ophaniel. The the Ophanim are known as the many-eyed ones and are sometimes called the G-A-L-G-A-L-I-M or spheres. They are the wheels of the Merkaba or throne of God and are sometimes pictured as wheels with spokes and wings. Their duty is to direct the flow of the divine force into form, thus keeping the cycle of manifestation in constant motion. They provide constant energy and motivation in the ritual work of the magician. The herald of God also bears the title Angel of the Mysteries. According to angelic lore, Raziel is the angel of the secret regions and chief of the supreme mysteries. Okay, so witchcraft. <laughs> An author of the mysterious book of Raziel. Whereas all celestial and earthly knowledge is set down, writes Gustav Davidson. This book, reputed to be written on sapphire, was said to have been given to Adam and passed on to the great Hebrew Hebrew teachers, including Noah and King Solomon. It contains secrets of the stars, the zodiacal signs, the courses of the planets, and the effects they have on every aspect of creation. The prophet Enoch was said to come into possession of his book of this book and consequently renamed it the book of enoch as god's herald raziel is a divine envoy with a specific mission he is the personification of wisdom whose primary duty it is is to bestow wisdom on those able to perceive it receive it he is the archangel of creative force and energy the teacher of wisdom stands atop the white pillar of the tree, on the tree of life, sometimes envisioned as the holy mountain, where each day he proclaims the secrets of the universe in a great, loud, reverberating voice. This makes him the perfect archangel of magic. Meditations and rituals that focus on Raziel can be used to increase spiritual awareness, improve psychic faculties, and gain wisdom in all aspects of the magical arts. I guess it's like the same. It's like witchcraft is magic. Which which is practice magic? Yes, they do the practice magic. They have magical practice. Okay. <sighs> I'm learning, you guys. Readers can facilitate a connection with Raziel by obtaining an image of him. That's exactly what I was, you know, obviously next step. By creating a dedicated altar to the archangel by daily meditation and by a brief invocation ritual that requests this knowledge and aid. Um... The Golden Dawn teachings tell us, quote, by names and images are all powers awakened and reawakened. We are visual beings, and it is far easier to connect with a spiritual entity if you have a visual image associated with it. Since Raziel is not one of the more common angels depicted in art, any generic image of an angel photocopied from a historical source or downloaded from the internet will suffice. However, it would be more effective to draw or paint your own image. If you are not artistically inclined, try making a collage with the photocopied image of an angel combined with colors and symbols associated with the angel and his corresponding Sephira and Chokma. Overall colors. Raziel's main color is gray, ornamented with black and white. Gray is the basic color of Chokma, while black and white are the quote, flashing colors associated with gray, used to highlight sigils, symbols, and other details against the gray, gray background. Symbols. Key symbols are the, 
are the zodiacal wheel, all 12 zodiacal signs in their appropriate colors, all seven symbols of the planets in their appropriate colors, an eye, a book, a scroll, a key, a lamp, a lantern, a straight line, an equal armed cross constructed of two straight lines, and any symbol represented in duplicate to indicate the number two, two books, two lanterns, etc. Telemastic image. The Hebrew alphabet is a hieroglyphic 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 language of images colors numeric values mystical concepts and more therefore you can elect to build up a magical image of Raziel based on the hebrew letters of his name resh zayin yod alf lamed and i already know yod is finger of god right beginning with the letter resh on the angel's head and ending with the letter Lamed, L-A-M-E-D, at his feet, the various images, symbols, and colors associated to the letters of Raziel's name can be combined to form a potent magical image. Please hold. Sorry, I got a phone call. I had to take a break for a second. Then there was an airplane and everything else and whatnot and what have you. So I was talking about Raziel. Um... There's a lot more in this, and um, if I didn't say in the beginning, I'm reading from the Wellens 2019 Ma- Magical Almanac, Practical Magic for Everyday Living, and I got it from the library, my local library, and it looks like you can look at Llewellyn.com, L-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N, and I do plan on buying their 2022 Magical Almanac. Um, so I can follow the like incense of the day and the whole thing. Like I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to graduate from my farmer's almanac. Which, but I learned a lot from the farmer's almanac. Um, it looks like it's about $15 US. And it's been published annually for 25 years. So one of my teachers, and I don't remember who it is. <laughs> one of the ladies that I follow on YouTube who is a witch who was one of the people where I was like, why am I always wanting to be like, I'll be like, okay, I want to watch a Dollar Tree haul to see what they're selling at Dollar Tree right now. So I'll look at them and I'll be like, this is just crap. It's just a bunch of plastic. And I don't know. I don't, I just don't know that I'm going to keep up with these little systems that you think work for that family. And I just always want to say, and witchcraft or witches Dollar Tree haul or witchy Dollar Tree haul. Or when it came to crafts, I was always wanting witchy crafts. You know why? Because witches are close to the earth. They're close to the earth. They want to do things naturally with the least toxins, which which is with the least harm for all people. They're just amazing. And um, the Christian church has taught a few of them. But anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so Llewellyn's. Let me finish. I I did want to say, I think I already said it, but one more time. I wanted to say that Lotus Reads is a podcast that I also opened where I am doing more readings as far as like, not readings, like looking at someone's chart and then giving a reading of a chart. Not like that, but um, no, um, like reading passages from essays or blogs or books or yeah, digital information, encyclopedias. I love books. <laughs> okay. Um, and I am going to be doing very soon. I'm going to be doing about the vine um, in the Celtic. I'm going to 
just be looking at because that's July 11th to August 7th. But I'm going to make it a separate episode so that people can decide what they want to listen to. So it's not all over the place. Okay. I'd rather publish a lot of times and have people unsubscribe because they don't want to be notified that many times then someone have to sit through and like listen to something they don't want to be listening to to get to something that they might really need so yeah i'm gonna try to keep it keep it brief sorry if i ever don't do that um yeah thanks for listening bye okay so this is also in llewellyn's 2019 magical almanac scissors as a magical tool by mickey miller that's her that's the teacher i was telling you Scissors as a magical tool. The humble pair of scissors is something that we can use for many everyday tasks, such as opening packages, crafting and cutting hair. Crafting and cutting hair. But have you ever considered those scissors to be a magical tool? Scissors can be a tool of transformation. They are used to transform cloth into clothing, poppets, or magical sachets. They transform paper into positions for magic. They They are also used as a tool to sever cutting ties, both physical and spiritual, breaking curses, bringing endings, scissors can free us. In another respect, this simple tool is often seen as a symbol of opening the way. We see giant scissors used to symbolically cut a ribbon for a store opening. Scissors can also be a magical tool for opening access to what you want in life. The simple pair of scissors is also a tool of harvest used to gather sacred herbs and food from the garden, which makes them a tool for abundance, hearth, and home. You may think of scissors as a modern invention. How can they be considered a traditional magical tool? Most of us experience scissors from an early age as a plastic-handled implement that comes packed in cardboard and plastic that seems more mundane than magical, and certainly not steeped in history and tradition. If we delve a little deeper, we'll discover that scissors have their roots in ancient times. I first learned this interesting fact as a teen while browsing through a book of ornaments that belonged to my dad's art book collection. There they were, among the ink drawings of shields, ancient jewelry, and mosaic details, scissors from ancient Egypt. It's believed that scissors were first invented in Egypt around 1500 BCE. Civilizations had had scissors longer than we've been eating with forks. The first scissors didn't have handles with pivots like modern scissors, but the blades were held together with a thin flat band of flexible curved bronze that allowed them to be squeezed to cut and would flex back open when released much like simple buffet tongs the forerunner of modern pivoted scissors was two blades connected by a screw was first made of bronze and iron in rome around 100 ce and the design was eventually used all over the world deities who run with scissors did you know there are actually deities associated with scissors atropos is a greek deity the oldest of the three fates The fates are three sisters charged with watching over destiny and the threads of human life. Her sister, Clotho, C-L-O-T-H-O, is the spinner of the thread. Another sister, Lachesis, L-A-C-H-E-S-I-S, measures the thread. And Atropos cuts the thread with her scissors, thus determining the length of each life. Many people made offerings to the fates, petitioning their favor for a bountiful harvest, safe childbirth, or other pivotal events. Kulusu is an 
a trusting God. Okay, we're getting into words that I don't know who they are. I don't want to be calling on these gods. So if you would like to read more about this history of scissors and magic and you want to check out, um, probably it's in, it may be in some of Mickey Mueller's, um, I know she has a lot of YouTube videos. So M-I-C-K-I-E-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. I absolutely love her videos. Um, she's just, yeah. Um, then she has a, a recipe in here, scissors of folklore and magic. It's considered unlucky to drop your pair of scissors. If you happen to drop yours though, you can have someone else pick them up for you. <laughs> if that's not convenient, just stomp on them once and then you can pick them up yourself without bringing bad luck. Other beliefs suggest that dropping scissors can also predict events. If scissors fall with one blade stuck in the ground, this suggests you will attend a funeral. <laughs> if both blades stick, the points to a wedding instead. If you receive scissors as a gift, be sure to pay the gift giver for them, even if it's just a penny. If you don't pay something for the scissors, they will sever your friendship. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. If your scissors accidentally break in two while using them, it's also an omen of bad luck. So if you were to have any old rickety scissors that seem to be in danger of breaking, better to toss them just to be safe. Some traditions attribute scissors left open in the house as a cause for strife among the other people in the household. But open scissors under your doormat protect against malevolent magic. Additionally, there is another tradition that suggests open scissors under your pillow will cure insomnia. Although I would probably stab myself while turning the pillow over to the cold side. One of the most popular ways that witches use scissors for magic is to symbolically several, sever something that no longer serves you, cut ties, break curses, and bring about endings. Methods include ritually cutting cords, photographs, or sigils that are charged to represent whatever you wish to cut out of your life. Two items or candles representing people who need to break a bond from each other can be tied together and then ritually cut apart with scissors. Scissors have long been used to break hexes and curses, so they can be used to cut away negative astral connections by cutting through the air around the affected person. Another use for scissors is spells in is opening access to what you want in life. Scissors can magically open the way. Some ideas on how to use scissors in this way include cutting up a representation of your obstacle or wrapping up a poppet in twine or ribbon and then cutting it free from the, with the scissors. Do some image magic by printing two photos of the same size, one representing the future you want and the other of closed double doors. Place the door image on top of your goal image and use a glue stick or a glue to glue the left and right edges of the paper together. Charge the paper with your intentions and use your magical scissors and cut the double doors open to the way to what you want. Uh, that sounds intense. Um, okay. <laughs> scissors can be quite a handy tool for witches when it comes to harvesting of magical herbs. Most kitchen witches would get great use from a pair of kitchen shears, both for preparing magical formulas and for magical cookery. Some kitchen shears are meant to come apart in order to properly wash them and use them for food. I have a pair of those, and they're my go-to scissors for kitchen witchery. These uses show that scissors are not only a tool for cutting away what you don't want, but they are also a tool for bringing things into your life that you do want, a tool of harvest, abundance, and even healing. When used to gather sacred herbs or food from the garden, or even cutting food free from packaging, twine, rubber bands, or bags, scissors become a tool that brings good things to us and helps nourish our lives with abundance and magic. 
most of the witches I know not only create their own destinies through magic, but they also craft many of the things in their life. Generally speaking, witches are often creative people. Scissors in the hands of a crafty witch become a tool of transformation. Fabric is cut out to create magical sachets, poppets, or even ritual robes if you are handy with a sewing machine. Paper is cut to create an ornate scrapbook-style book of shadows. Strips of paper for for uh, for petitions or even a sigil to decorate a jar candle with. Scissors have the power to turn an item into something else. Slice away that hex spell. And then she's talking, if you suspect that you're under a crossed condition, hexed or otherwise, put upon by malevolent energy, here's a curse breaker that's as close as a pair of witchy scissors. So two feet of black embroidery thread, a photo of yourself, scissors, hold a thread in your hand. And then she, she says the chant that you should chant. And then you will feel... You will feel it filling up the black thread. Tie 13 knots all along the length of the thread and then state. And then and then she says that the um, incantation. Um, and then she has a spell here for new endeavor grand opening spell. Desperately seeking scissors. By now, I'll bet you're interested in finding a pair of scissors to add to your magical cabinet. When choosing scissors for your magic, you can choose any pair you like. Whatever feels right to you. If you love a small pair of kid scissors with glitter handles, by all means, set them aside for magic. If you prefer something more elegant, consider browsing the sewing scissors in the fabric or craft store. There are many metal scissors available, and some are decorative and ornate, making them seem more like old-world tools from a bygone era. (laughs) Small decorative sewing or embroidery scissors are usually great for most magical uses like cutting cords or partitions. Very popular are the vintage-style scissors shaped like a stork or a crane. Those are Sharon Snuddy scissors. Ah... Oh, look at me pulling in my crafting background from being a cashier at Michael's in 1999. In the previous century, you guys. Small decorative, okay, shaped like a stork. The bird's feet hold the handles and the blades are its beak. These designs are inspired by the scissors and clamps found in the kits of midwives and folk healers. One of the uses of scissors would have been to cut the umbilical cord of babies after delivery. My magical scissors are a pair of dark bronze-colored embroidery scissors in a vintage style with filigree handles. I've used them in my magic for years. Once you've found your perfect witch's scissors, you might want to bless and consecrate them for your magical tasks. You will need scissors, incense of your choice, or a smudge bundle, oil for blessing, and then she gives a little, you know, incantation. And yeah, so that's... That's that. If there are anything else, I'm going to read more about the angels. Um, not necessarily to you guys. If you want to me to read more about the angels, write me and you'd have to do it soon. And it's probably it would probably be through Instagram. So sorry, this is only for the people who are automa- already following me on Instagram. And if you are around in July 23rd, 2021, then... <laughs> I can finish reading about Angel Raziel. I'm probably going to trace the Hebrew letters that represent Raziel and see if I can research more about him and decide on if I would like to start to try to work with him. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.